Coming to you live from a barbecue shack near you, it's the SEC Slow Smoke Podcast. We've got the sweet tea, the white bread, and a whole lot of slow smoke takes lined up. So put down your turkey burger, turn up the volume, and grab your hog, because it's about to be on. Oh, yeah. Now, say hello to your self-proclaimed food and sports experts, the utterly enthusiastic Holt Smash, and the one and only Tinder King of Memphis, Mr. JB the underscore Brooks. And now, here's your host, always full of ship, Alex Bullship One. Welcome back to the official SEC Slow Smoke Podcast. This is week five preview. I'm your host, Alex. Got my two bros, Holt Smash and Mr. JB Brooks on the line. Mr. JB Brooks, you doing all right after you ate that big dinner? Yeah, I am doing okay enough. They just said regular, you know, Chick-fil-A dinner tonight. Nothing special. But I guess, you know, when you eat Chick-fil-A, it is supposed to be special. I, too, ate Chick-fil-A for lunch, not for dinner, but I ate it for lunch. Um, quick question, um, why don't you eat dinner while you're out and about instead of waiting so late? Do you know, yeah, I don't like to, you know, eat while I'm at work. You know, I'd rather just uh, wait till I get home. Plus, I don't go to bed until, you know, 12, 30, 1 o'clock anyway, so it's not really <clears throat> eating late like you'd think because if I eat at 9.30 and go to bed at 12.30, it's the same thing as eating at 7.30 and going to bed at 10.30. True, 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 true. Holt Smash, are you excited for Bojangles in the middle of Alabama? That's all I've been thinking about. Um, honestly, for the past, like, week or so, all I've been able to think about is getting a nice Cajun filet biscuit and a Bowberry biscuit and maybe one of those uh, – Sweet potato pies they got there, some bow rounds with some of the seasoning on there. Like, I mean, what else could you ask for? Do you think it'll be a one meal for the day type of Bojangles visit, or will it be like, I'm going to eat a lot, but I'm still going to do a lot more later? Um, If you're asking if I plan on eating one, more than one meal that day, the answer is yes, I, I probably will. Um, it doesn't really matter how much I eat. In one meal, like I usually need at least two meals a day to make it through. It doesn't. It really doesn't matter how much I eat in the first or second meal. Plus, uh, Holt and I are probably gonna like get, you know, something nice for dinner that night. I'd imagine Culver's or Whataburger will be in the cards our first meal down there. <laughs> it's funny you mentioned nice, and I understand what you mean by that, but it's not the standard definition. I think when people think nice, they think of like an actual um, nice, like sit-down restaurant. <laughs> But um, you're thinking of, like, stuff you can't get in Memphis that's good, like Culver's. I got you, though. Um, just a little FYI or uh, background information for the people that don't know what we're talking about. Holt Smash and Mr. J.B. Brooks are taking a little bro trip down to Destin this weekend. And I think Holt Smash is probably most excited about Bojangles instead of the actual beach. Um, I don't know if I'm more excited, but I'm definitely very excited for Bojangles. Don't get to hit it up very often. Uh, due to them not being anywhere near where I live. But uh, luckily on the way down, stopped on one on uh, I-65 south of Birmingham and uh, get to uh, 
take out all my frustrations for missing out on Bojangles on a, on a Cajun Flay Biscuit with egg and cheese. Mr. J.B. Brooks, I think I know the answer to this question, but how do you play watching football on Saturday while you're at the beach? Because you want to do both, but you can't necessarily do both to the fullest extent. So you kind of have to do a little bit of the beach and football. So how do, how do you balance the two? Oh, excuse me for there clearing my throat. I got a little phlegm in me. I don't know where it is. I think it's probably just leftovers from eating that Chick-fil-A, you know, minutes ago. But, uh, just make it worse by describing, like, something even nastier. Yeah. But uh, my plan for Saturday is pretty simple. I'm going to probably watch the games by the pool because apparently we got a TV at, around the pools area. So I'm probably just going to sit in the pool all day and watch games from there because this slate this weekend uh, – I mean, don't get me wrong. It's not the greatest slate. I mean, there's some decent games, but it's not the greatest weekend we've had uh, this year. I mean, really, all together, September hasn't been the funnest month this year. Usually, a lot of times, September has better better weekends, but this weekend's not the strongest weekend, so I'm going to probably just watch, you know, with one TV and sit by the pool all day and do it that way. Podcasting pays the bills, doesn't it? Hold, you can take a business trip during during the work week. Yeah, that's right. Um, you know, SEC Slow Smoked is uh, really racking in the dough and, um, you know, just going to take a little trip down to the beach, you know, on the company dime, why not? And then uh, definitely going to eat a ton of food on company dime as well. Um, probably some, as Jamie mentioned, whatever, Culver's, and then we're going to get some Probably some seafood at some point while we're down there. Maybe some crab legs. Um, maybe some, you know, just grouper or mahi-mahi or just whatever we're feeling. You know what I mean? Yeah, I got you. Some shrimp, shrimp potato, shrimp salad, shrimp stew. I got you. Um, yeah, the good thing about this uh, is it is on the company's dime, so you, we can expense this on our port and claim the tax, tax write-off. So it's, it's all good. It's all good in the hood, as they say. Um, however, we do have football this week. Not a great slate of games, like JB just said, um, but still football nonetheless. And uh, we don't have football every single week of the year, so we do have to take advantage of what Saturdays we do have football. Holt Smash, out of all the games that are going to be played this weekend, which game are you most confident in on betting on? Um, Alabama is going to cover against Ole Miss on pretty much any number. I really don't care what it is. I think I'll get <laughs> Ole Miss by literally like a million points. Yeah, I looked at that line and thought the same thing. It was, you know, it's crazy. It was, it was a thirty-seven and a half point line, and I thought the exact same thing. I was like, man, that seems kind of low for Alabama against Ole Miss. Seems like it should be like more in the forties or fifties. <laughs> right. I mean, you were just remember that game last year, and I mean. Like, is Ole Miss better than they were last year? I mean, I don't think so. Yeah, that was a major letdown last year. It was kind of crazy because they, I think Ole Miss did score that first touchdown. And they're like, oh, man, maybe Ole Miss can uh, compete and, like, has this weird thing where they can beat Alabama, but nobody else can beat them. But it did not turn out that way last year. No, not, but uh, you know what? I think I think this year it's probably going to be a little bit more of the same. Um Except I don't expect Ole Miss to score on the first play of the game or really at all, unless it's like garbage time. I don't know if there's been any headlines, major headlines for college football this past week. I can't really think of anything specifically. I don't know if y'all have any that comes to mind for you. Nope, not really. It's been a pretty dull week. There hasn't really been a ton going on. 
Um, just a lot of, you know, talking about the games and talking about the coaches under fire. And, you know, I mean, I think Jimbo has been taking some criticism this week. Maybe a couple other coaches and, you know, some referees like the, in the Ole Miss game, you know, just stuff like that. And I don't know if there's really been too much really going on. On ESPN, there is a headline for – I don't know why, but there's a headline saying Urban Meyer does, does not want to want the Michigan job, which would be funny if he did take the Michigan job since he was the Ohio State coach. But I think it's one of those things where, like, they – reporters, people would just want to circulate some kind of information uh, just to get the rumor mill going, but – especially with Urban Meyer. But I, I doubt he would go to Michigan if he does coach. I mean, he said he's done. I feel like he could um, – not necessarily Michigan's a bad job at all, but I think he might want another job if he does, in fact, come back to coach. Yeah, I mean, he's definitely going to be able to take whatever job he wants. I mean, pretty much any job that comes open um, would definitely hire him. I mean, he's going to be the best coach in the market, um, you know, unless Dabo or Nick Saban decide to go somewhere. Um, so, I mean, pretty much he could have his pick, any job he wants. Um, you know, I could definitely see him you know, maybe going to like USC or something like that. Um, I th- I've always heard that his dream job is Notre Dame, uh, but I don't think Brian Kelly is going to be leaving there anytime soon. Yeah. So it'll be, you know, just interesting to see uh, where that kind of goes and kind of the rumors that, that stir up. I'm sure there's going to be like some Tennessee beat writers talking about how like he's going to take the Tennessee job and like uh, John Gruden's going to be his offensive coordinator or something. <laughs> Right, right. JB, this is a little premature, but I do want to bring it up because I did just see it on Twitter. Um, Tennessee is off this week, uh, but the next week they play Georgia at home. And I've seen on the Twitter sphere that uh, Georgia might try to checkerboard Neyland Stadium with red and black. Um, First of all, I don't think this would happen, but do you even think, uh, given the current state of Georgia football versus Tennessee football, do you think that's – anywhere remotely possible? I don't really think so. I mean, Tennessee fans really do control the market, you know, for the tickets, you know, on the resale sites. And I don't, I don't, I don't see Georgia getting enough fans in there to make a checkerboard, like, you know, that's going to be, you know, see, seeable, you know, enough on television. Like, it's not like Vanderbilt, where the states that Georgia bought a Vanderbilt were the general admission that hadn't been sold yet, and they just bought them on Vanderbilt's website. Uh, there's not a ton of seats, you know, available on Tennessee's website. Granted, they're not selling out games as well this year, but there's not as many as you would get from like a school like Vanderbilt. So I don't see how a, a checkerboard is going to really work out for them. I mean, they can definitely – I think the best thing they should do is just, you know, wear red and then just try to have like a little bit of mixture of orange and red in the stadium because that's probably what's going to happen. Yeah. Um, somebody told me once upon a time, as much as Tennessee fans bitch about their team sucking – they, they'll still come back and show up next Saturday at, the, at Neyland's, almost no matter what. Yeah, Tennessee fans have uh, been through a lot in the past decade, but they always still support their team. So the biggest SEC games this week are, or I guess in my mind, and they're probably the closest ones, are the Mississippi State-Auburn game and the Kentucky-South Carolina game, which I'm surprised that Alabama's getting the CBS game. I guess – you want to showcase your best team, but um, I think they would be better served doing the Mississippi State Auburn or Kentucky South Carolina, or not Kentucky South Carolina, but at least Mississippi State Auburn for a CBS game. But um, that's not my call. But uh, let's start with this Kentucky South Carolina. Let's break down some of these SEC games first before we 
take a look at the national games. Um, this Kentucky-South Carolina game, uh, my main question, I'll ask you, JB, between Kentucky and South Carolina, both these teams are uh, kind of struggling right now. Um, I think they both lost two in a row, if not three in a row for South Carolina. Uh, I can't remember when they won. But uh, which team needs this one more between Kentucky and South Carolina? Oh, it's undoubtedly South Carolina. I mean, they're staring at a uh, <clears throat> losing record right now, and and uh, they're really on the ropes in Columbia. Like, they absolutely need this win. If Kentucky, you know, were to lose to South Carolina, there's still a path for them to make it to a bowl. I mean, I still don't really see a path for South Carolina, even if they do win. But for Muschamp and try to get some, you know, momentum, you know, built back up for the program, they definitely need to beat Kentucky and also to avenge the last few years that they've lost to Kentucky. Like, for whatever reason, South Carolina can't beat Kentucky. They've got to do it this weekend. And I believe they are a three-point favorite. So, the the betters in Vegas are a little more confident in Carolina coming away with a victory this weekend. Well, looking ahead at South Carolina's schedule, the only potential win I see right now is uh, Vanderbilt and maybe App State. But even then, I think – the Vanderbilt game, they should be favored, but uh, the App State game, I don't think they'll actually be favored because App State just beat North Carolina, who uh, South Carolina lost to. Um, so to kind of mimic what JB said, they need this win, but um, if they don't get this one, do you think they win another game this year? Well, I mean, you know, you look at the Tennessee game, you look at the Florida yeah. game, and I feel like they could probably hold their own in, in those games as well. So, I mean, I, I still think there's a chance – um, you know, for them to get to five wins, I just don't think they're going to be able to get to six. Um, I think their best case scenario for them right now is like five and seven. Yeah, South Carolina is really in that trio but with South Carolina, Vanderbilt, and Tennessee. One of those three teams will emerge and get maybe four or five wins, and the other two are probably only going to get about two or three wins. Like, those three are all pretty almost equally bad at this point. I would give the edge still to South Carolina to be the better of those three, but their schedule may not show it. Oh, break down this Kentucky-South Carolina game for me. What should we see besides Ryan Holinsky hopefully throw a lot of touchdowns and beat Kentucky if you're a South Carolina fan? Well, I just wonder with um, Kentucky if they're going to be able to get back to the running game this week. They really got away from it last week. They they averaged like, you know, eight yards a carry, I think, over the course of the game, but they threw the ball like 40 times um, because they were behind. And it'll just be interesting to see if they can get that ground game going this week and um, just kind of be able to dictate the tempo a little bit better than they did last week in Starville. And then, you know, for South Carolina, I mean, it really just comes down to how can they bounce back. You know, they really got beat up in Missouri last week. They couldn't run the ball at all. Helensky played like a freshman. Um, you know, what are we going to see from this team? Are we going to see a team that we saw play pretty well against Alabama in the first half? Or are we going to see the team that, you know, blew a fourth quarter lead to North Carolina and then, um, got blown out on the road in Missouri. Yeah, that's what I was going to say, is that they didn't look good last week against Missouri, but um, against Alabama, I was able to watch one half, and I think it was probably more of just the crowd playing into the to the game. Uh, but South Carolina looked good to me for at least a half against Alabama. And I think, I mean, if you're a South Carolina fan, at least you have seen or witnessed good football, good good ability to play the ability to play good football so maybe they can be a little more consistent and show that kind of football I mean, this game is at home and i think south carolina, south carolina is gonna come out hungry for this game yeah i think so as well and i mean 
you know, South Carolina, they're running out of opportunities to get wins. You know what I mean? Like, just like you were talking about their, their remaining schedule, you know, it's just such a tough schedule. And, you know, you look at it and you're just like, you know, where are these wins going to come from? And, you know, this is one of the few toss-up games they have, uh, maybe even a little bit better than a toss-up if you're just looking at the FPI. They got a, what, a 68% chance to win this game, so um, or a 61% chance to win this game, excuse me. Um, so a little bit better than a toss-up. You know, you definitely want to get this one at home and kind of get your confidence back up and kind of restore faith in the fan base that this is still heading in the right direction. How much better would this Kentucky fan, Kentucky team be whole if they had Terry Wilson instead of Sawyer Smith? I mean, I think Sawyer Smith has played pretty well, um, especially that first half against Florida. Um, he really hasn't played great since then. He played not great in the second half against Florida. didn't play great on the road against Mississippi State, but – um, you know, I still think that he's got some ability and he's going to be okay. Um, and Terry Wilson was still there. I mean, you know, we can really go off of what we saw from Terry Wilson from last year. Uh, I mean, early in the season he was playing well, but it's hard to say like how much of a jump he was really going to take this year. Um, so, I mean, I think they would be better, but I don't know if they, you know, I don't know what, if it would be that big of a difference. Do you like either of these teams defenses, Holt? Um, no. Um, <laughs> Kentucky's defense has been a little bit better against the pass than I thought it was going to be. I thought that they were really going to struggle losing all those guys uh, in the secondary last year. And, I mean, they haven't been necessarily great against the pass, but, um, you know, a little bit better than uh, at least South Carolina. And, uh, you know, they're giving up 150 rushing yards a game. And South Carolina's defense has not really played very well at all, giving up almost 300 yards of passing a game and also, you know, 150 on the ground. I mean – that's over 435 yards of total offense allowed per game. So um, definitely not what you want from a team when your coach is supposed to be a defensive mastermind. JB, is this going to be a revenge game for Auburn against Mississippi State? They lost last year, and they didn't look too great. Um, They're number seven in the country. The line is 10.5 points. This game's at home. You think they're going to come out swinging hard for Mississippi State just because they remember last year's game? Um, yeah, considering the way it went last year, uh, I don't think Auburn's going to overlook Mississippi State at all. And with this game being at home and being a night game, I think the crowd's going to be pretty fired up for this one, too. Uh, last year's loss for Auburn and Starkville left a sour taste in that team's mouth, and I expect them to uh, come out fired up for this one, even though they just won a you know big game the week a week ago in College Station. But I just want to know uh, who's going to be the quarterback for Mississippi State in this game. I think uh, as of now uh, – Tommy Stevens is still questionable. Uh, Holt might be able to uh, clarify on that, but I think it's – I don't really know who the quarterback's going to be for them. But, I, I mean, I like this matchup for Auburn, too. I mean, I just think that they're going to be able to uh, keep the ball away from uh, Mississippi State and, uh, you know, be able to convert some third downs and uh, stay on the field and keep the ball away from Mississippi State. I don't think it's going to be a very pretty game, honestly. I think it's going to be more of a low-scoring game. But uh, you have to probably, you definitely have to give the edge to Auburn here being at home. And uh, also, I just, you know, they got a lot more guys back from last year's team compared to this year. They've got a lot of momentum going into this game. And State, uh, you know, came a really good uh, win last week against Kentucky against a team that never really went away, and they were able to avenge that loss. So, but I, you have still have to give the edge to Auburn, though. Oh, even if Tommy Stevens is healthy for this game, which I think he is, um, as of right now, is supposed to start this game. Do you think we're going to see a two-quarterback system at Mississippi State for the future right now? No, I don't think so. Um, 
Joe Moore has made it very clear that he's not a fan of playing uh, or of rotating quarterbacks. Um, he doesn't have that Steve Spurrier gene. Um, he's basically stated that, I mean, he will play two quarterbacks at the same time, um, but just not, you know, rotate quarterbacks, uh, if that makes sense. So if, I think if Stevens is healthy, he's going to play. Um, you know, they're play, they're keeping it pretty tight to the vest last week. You know, they pulled the whole, like, oh, yeah, he's feeling great, blah, 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 and then he ends up not even dressing. And then this week, you know, they're, like, you know, basically saying that they sat him out last week so that he'd be 100% for this week. And, you know, you just feel like there's maybe – some gamesmanship uh, going on between uh, Joe Moorhead and Gus Malzahn uh, with this, where he's just trying to keep it close to the vest, kind of keep him on his toes and, um, you know, basically force all defense to prepare for two different styles of quarterback. Um, but I think if Thomas Stevens is, is the guy that he's going to play, I mean, he's shown, um, you know, he's only played six quarters so far this year, but he's actually played really well um, while he was healthy. Um you know, he came out the second half against um, Kansas State and through, you know, had a couple bad passes and then was taken out because of the injury um, that was obviously bothering him that led to him not playing well. But when he's been in and when he's been healthy, he's been really good. And, you know, obviously going to be a completely different animal going up against that Auburn defense and in front of a sellout crowd at Auburn. But, um, you know, I, I, I would like to see um, – you know, I would like to see a little bit more of Schrader. I mean, he's played really well so far as well. And I think that if he's asked to go in there, I, I think he's going to do fine. I don't, you know, he maybe doesn't provide as much in the passing game right now as Stevens does just because his, you know, he's still a true freshman. He doesn't have as much experience in the offense, but he definitely brings a running element um, to his game. You know, obviously rushed for over 120 yards last week against Kentucky, was the SEC freshman of the week. And, you know, had a pretty good completion percentage. Just you didn't see a lot of downfield passing. Uh, you know, just don't quite have that confidence in him quite yet. I hate to say it, Holt, but I would be surprised if your boy Colin Hill got off for 100 yards against Auburn's defense. Yeah, that's really the um, – well, yeah, sorry not to answer for Holt, but I was going to say like, <laughs> it is really the uh, the matchup of the game is uh, Auburn's uh, rushing defense against Mississippi State's ground game. If State can really get their ground game going and be able to neutralize that matchup, I mean, State definitely can have a shot in this one. JB, is this the best job Gus Malzahn's done at masking a not not great quarterback? I mean, if you think about some of the quarterbacks, I mean, that's probably been the problem with Auburn since Nick Marshall left is that they haven't had a really great quarterback. They had Jeremy Johnson that was supposed to be good. But he wasn't. Um, I think they even played Sean White, if that's his name. I'm not sure. Sean got, White. Yeah, yeah. He got kicked off the team. But he, he wasn't a great quarterback. But they, they ended up doing pretty decent with him. But they just haven't had a great quarterback. I mean, even Stidham last year didn't do as great as I thought he was going to do. But, I mean, Bo Nix doesn't have great numbers. And he still makes a lot of freshman mistakes. Doesn't have a high completion rate. But they're still 4-0. and And they look pretty good as a team overall. They do, and uh, you have to really give credit to Gus Malzahn's play calling, especially last week. He uh, made some play calls that uh, didn't put Bo Nix in a really precarious position. Uh, he pretty much masked his deficiencies and knows what his limitations are and is able to – he makes calls plays around what Bo Nix can and cannot do. And and Gus Malzahn taking over the play calling has been great for him and, and for the program. And right now, you know, they're 4-0, and and – and Bo Nix is only going to get better as the season progresses, too. Like, he's going to be a good one. It's just, uh, you know, he's yeah. a 
then you gotta let freshmen make their freshman mistakes. Yeah, I, I would agree with you saying Bo Nix is going to be good. I don't think he is necessarily right now, but I mean, what's funny is I watched uh, Gaywood play, and he looks he looks pretty good to me. He looks sometimes better to me than Bo Nix does. Yeah, I mean, they both definitely bring like their own flavor to the offense, but in the long run, I would probably still think Bo Nix has the most potential. Yeah. Well, speaking of the game last year where Mississippi State destroyed Auburn, um, was that the best defensive game you've seen Mississippi State play last year or even in your like whole history of being a Mississippi State fan? I just remember how many sacks they got that game. Um, I wouldn't necessarily say that. Um, I thought that Auburn kind of missed some opportunities in this game last year. Um, I remember a play where they ran a trick play out of the Wildcat where they – flipped it back to Stenham and he had a wide open guy that he overthrew uh, for a touchdown. There's also another play where Booby Whitlow had a long, what looked like a touchdown run, but got tackled and fumbled like right on the goal line and state recovered. Um, so state kind of had some things break their way uh, in this game last year. And, um, you know, as far as the, you know, the defense is not going to be the same defense that Auburn faced last year. You know, a lot of those guys are gone. They don't, they're not as great against the run this year. And uh, they've had some players out due to suspension as well, not to mention the players they lost in the drafts last year. Um, you know, and like you were saying, I mean, I think a lot of this game is going to come down to Colin Hill and if he's able to be productive or not. And that's kind of why I think Tommy Stevens needs to play is because if they get – if they're able to generate some big plays in the passing game, that's really going to open things up for Colin Hill, who ran for, you know, 125 yards in this game last year. Um, but unfortunately, you know – Gerald also rushed for close to 200 in this game last year, and I'm not sure that State has a quarterback that's capable of, the, of that. Very, very important question, Holt. Do you at least have hope as a Mississippi State fan that you have a chance against Auburn? Well, I mean, I do just because I don't think – you know, I'm, I'm not quite sold on Auburn being a great team. I mean, I, I'm not picking State to win the game, definitely. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they covered the spread uh, just because the only reason I say that is because Auburn's 4-0 against the spread right now, and I just feel like those things have a way of, of coming back down. So uh, I wouldn't be surprised if State covered the spread, but, you know, I definitely expect Auburn to win. It's just I, I have a hard time believing State, the way they've played this year, is going to go over to Auburn and get a win. The one thing I'm disappointed in this game is that Mississippi State didn't beat Kansas State last week because they would both be – 4-0 going into this game, and Mississippi State would probably have been a top-20 team. This could have been a CBS 330-230 uh, Central game. But that's just kind of what happens. Um, so, Holt, you at least have hope as a Mississippi State fan. Um, Tennessee's not playing this week, JB, but just curious, do you have hope as a Tennessee fan? I mean, are you talking about hope for the season, hope for the future, or? Probably uh, more so this season, but I guess the future, too. I mean, I think there's – you know, some hope for the future. I mean, he's got – Jeremy Pruitt has assembled an awesome staff in place. I mean, it's definitely probably the best staff they've had between the three different coaches they've had, you know, in the past uh, eight years, not naming Blaine, Blaine Kiffin. But uh, they, they got a great staff in place. And, uh, of course, two more players just left the team uh, today, uh, Jacquez Jones and Will Ignant. Uh, so far this season, they've had five players leave the team, and all five of those guys have been Butch Jones players. So – it's not Jeremy Pruitt guys that uh, that are leaving the team. It's guys that were recruited by Butch Jones. So it definitely adds a little fuel to the fire that there's a division in the locker room between the Jeremy Pruitt players and the Butch Jones players. Very, very interesting. Another question for you, JB, unrelated to Tennessee. 
Do you think Ole Miss can score at least 10 points against Alabama? I will take the under on that. Yeah, I think that's the only question or relevant question for this game. I don't know if you had a specific question for this game or something you would like to see going into this game. I just I feel like we're going to we're going to get in this game what you're what you're thinking. You're going to get an Alabama blowout with them playing good defense and to it throwing for three or four touchdowns and Waddle or Judy having 100 yards or something like that. Yeah, I mean, I think this game's going to be over by halftime. I mean, I don't really know what we can discuss. I mean, it's just a total mismatch for uh, Alabama against Ole Miss. Like, it's just I mean, they're they're going to be they're outmanned at, at Ole Miss. I don't see how they're going to be able to get any points. I don't see how they're going to be able to make enough stops. I mean, Ole Miss's defense is much improved from uh, previous from the previous few seasons. Uh, it's definitely better. But are y'all okay over there? <laughs> we have our uh, our mascot. She's having a little fun time over here. And if you all don't know who our mascot is, our mascot is Sadie the Golden Retriever, who is the official SEC Slow Smoke mascot. And she's always here uh, with us while we record our podcast. And sometimes she uh, gets a little antsy because we're not giving her our full and undivided attention like we always do. And she always wants to uh, play and have attention. So if we don't give her attention, uh, she'll definitely try to start doing things to get our attention, like grabbing a piece of paper or a shoe or chasing her tail in circles. And you might be thinking, like, why don't we just put her in the other room? But she would actually be even louder if we did that and more affection <laughs> in the background. Oh, this Ole Miss-Alabama game is, like, the supposed, supposedly the primetime CBS game at uh, 2.30 Central. But there's also two other big games going on out of conference, Washington, USC, and uh, Virginia, Notre Dame. Will you be not really watching this Ole Miss-Alabama game just because you, you know what's going to happen over these other two games? Um, I'll probably be watching the end of the game due to other reasons. Yeah. Um, not relating to who actually wins the game. Um, but, um, you know, as far the really the only thing that I'm looking for in this game as far as, like, you know, the two teams is I want to see – well, number one, I mean, Alabama still needs to get their running game going. And number two, um, I'm really interested to see what Ole Miss does at quarterback. You know, Peyton Plumlee came in last week after Corral got injured and played pretty well. Had a couple, let a couple of drives right down the field against a really good Cal defense. Um, you know, late in the game, so uh, I'm just really interested to see what happens with that and kind of what becomes of the almost quarterback situation. And you know, I don't really expect either one of them to play well, but I'm just interested to see you know kind of how they're going to use that offense going forward. I feel like the consensus among everybody watching Ole Miss play besides the coaching staff is that Plumlee is the better quarterback. Yeah, I mean, I just feel like he's a better fit for Rich Rodriguez's offense. I mean, he's a little bit more of a runner. Um, you know, definitely has one of those – I don't know. I feel like he's just got, like, a positive, like, leadership personality. I feel like Corral is more of, like, the overconfident, like, hot shot type guy. And he just – I feel like he's a little bit more equipped to run – you know, Phil Longo's offense and he has the run Rich Rodriguez's. So, you know, I mean, I I still think they're probably going to go with Corral um, if he's healthy, but it's still just, you know, be interesting to, to see um, how they play that. I really hope Corral transfers to Memphis um, after he doesn't get the starting job uh, at Ole Miss. That'd be great to watch him come to Memphis and then beat Ole Miss. Um, just had to figure a way, you know, to get Memphis in the podcast because I felt like they were being left out. <laughs> Except, except Alex said they're not going to be playing Ole Miss uh, anytime in the future. 
I was scared. That's well, they they could they could probably trade Norvell for Corral straight up. Oh, I I don't like that. Also, JB, uh, you sent that text about uh, Norvell going to Tennessee. Like Tennessee wants them. I don't think that was like a thing, but I guess it was like that athletic writer wrote about it, right? Yeah, I'm not gonna quote the person that I uh, sent the, the tweet about. I mean, it was just funny to me. Although, I mean, if we want to get, I don't not to get on the conversation, but I mean. Um, there is a local sports writer in Memphis that uh, has blatantly said that uh, Mike Norvell would take the Tennessee job if offered, but you know, that's nothing to worry about right now. I mean, I think Pruitt is safe at Tennessee and Norvell's happy at Memphis, but uh, you know, we'll, we'll to get back to uh, the game, uh, the Ole Miss Alabama game, like it's just, I just, it's hard for me to see where Alabama is going to be able to, uh, or not, sorry, not Alabama, Ole Miss is going to be able to get any points and I think Alabama is going to, just like they have in every other game so far this season, they're going to put up about probably like three or four touchdowns within the first quarter. And then they're just going to go into a cruise mode the rest of the game. Will Vanderbilt get their first win of the season, JB? Against uh, Northern Illinois. Yeah. Let me... <laughs> yeah, I mean, you have to give them the victory here. I mean, don't you? I mean, they're only a six and a half point favorite. Now, this is the Northern Illinois team from a few years back when Dave Doran was their head coach. I would say no, but Vanderbilt is definitely should be able to get a victory. Although I think Northern Illinois is going to be able to uh, hang in there with Vanderbilt too. But I, I, I you got to go with Vanderbilt. They got, they're finally going to get their first victory and probably one of the only few victories they'll get this season. Vanderbilt, I don't know, Debbie. All the um, all the shitty teams in the SEC, the last like the bottom bottom tier is what we call them, have all lost to like a group of five team. Arkansas lost to. San Jose State, and then uh, Tennessee lost to Georgia State, and then I feel like there's another loss I'm missing there, but um, at least those two teams have lost, and I feel like it's Vanderbilt's time to lose Northern Illinois. I mean, if they, if they lose Northern Illinois, I mean, they may, have the worst, they may have the worst record in the SEC before the year's over. I mean, right now it's an arms race in the SEC for the bottom tier for who's going to have the worst record between Arkansas, Tennessee, and South Carolina. I mean, all four of them are strongly in the running they all, they all want it. They all want to be the last team. If you ain't first, you're last, right, Holt? Yeah, and uh, Vanderbilt, just to throw a stat out there, they're getting outgained by an average of 200 yards a game. Well, what about our boy Keyshawn Bond? Can we still, like, salute him despite all these losses? Well, he actually played pretty well last week, I believe. So I think he did. Got, they finally got him going a little bit. Um, put up 38 points on LSU. I mean, that's pretty good. I guess you got to be happy about something, even though they gave up 66. Two, let me see. I have the stats right here. Yeah, 20 carries for 130 yards, uh, two touchdowns for LSU, against LSU, which is pretty good. But it's it's weird to think of LSU not having a good defense, which I think they do. It's just they haven't showed up yet. I, that's that's what I'm suspecting, at least. Yeah, I mean, kind of transitioning to LSU, I mean, I just sort of feel like, um, you know, a lot of people don't realize that when you switch to a little bit more high-tempo offense and when you're scoring a lot more, the defense is going to be on the field a lot more and they're going to be having, you know, facing a lot more plays over the course of the game. And, you know, there's just not that same intensity um, defense yeah. when your offense is kind of scoring at will. So um, they still have the talent there. And I still believe that when they're in the big, in a big game in a tight situation, and I think the defense is still as good as anyone in the country. Yeah. Staying with you hold here. Um, Texas A&M travels to Arkansas. 
this weekend today, 11 a.m. kickoff. Uh, excuse me, this one's in Arlington, Texas. I keep forgetting this one's not a home-and-home. Home. It's always played at um, the Cowboys Stadium, Jerry World. Um, this is usually a big game. Oh, and it's been, it was fun, more fun when uh, Kevin Sumlin and Bielema coached against each other. Um, although Jimbo's still pretty decent co- a pretty good coach, I would say. Um, Chad Morris, I don't think, is as great. Um, the line hold is 23-and-a-half Texas a and which to me seems a little low given that this is like a true neutral game and Arkansas just lost to San Jose State. Yeah, I mean, to me, this would actually be a good time to bet on Arkansas. Uh, I'm not saying that I'm going to place money on it, but this has been a close game every year, including last year. I mean, Arkansas was terrible last year. This was still a seven-point game. Uh, I don't know what it is about these two teams, but they always play a close game. A&M almost always wins a close game in this one. Um, you know, I mean, 24 points in a conference game, I mean, that's uh, that's a lot, uh, especially for two teams that play each other every year and um, have had such a close series. Um, and Texas A&M has not exactly lit the world on fire um, so far this season. Um, you know, their defense has been uh, a lot better than I definitely expected. Uh, but the offense is really not taking that step forward. And, you know, I mean, I definitely expect A&M to win the game, but I don't expect uh, A&M to just come out and dominate um, from the start. I, I think uh, Arkansas could, you know, maybe have like a few big plays in this game and just to kind of keep it close. And, um, you know, I'm still – I still have questions about that Texas A&M offense. And, you know, I just – I mean, maybe I'm crazy, but I just – I kind of leaning toward Arkansas and the spread in this one. You know, I'll kind of a one-up Holt. Uh, well, not one-up now since you just said it, but uh, I would confidently uh, place money on Arkansas to uh, cover that 23-and-a-half-point spread. Just like Holt said, like the last five, eight years this series has been played, a has won all of them, but uh, it's always been a pretty close game. And last year was a close game, too, and Arkansas went 2-10 and 10 last year, and a and finished 9-4. and four. I mean, and plus another feature about this game is – we got the rematch of the uh, quarterback battle from last uh, fall camp in 2018 between Starkle and Kellen Mond, who uh, we both predicted we thought Nick Starkle would win the starting job for AM last year. Instead, it was Kellen Mond. So uh, that's another matchup I'm looking forward to. I think Nick Starkle is going to come out fired up for this game. And I think Arkansas is going to be able to score some points in a defense, even though it's, it's a stingy defense. I think Chad Morris and Starkle are going to be able to work together and get some points on the board. But uh, also, on the flip side, Arkansas's defense is extremely horrendous, and I think A&M's going to really have their way. Uh, Calamon's going to have a big day, too. But I feel like this game is going to be some of a score like maybe like high 40s, and or not, sorry, maybe not that high, but maybe more like low 40s and upper 20s, uh, you know, for a final score. I understand what you're always saying. I just uh, – I don't think it's pushing me over the edge. I think that's why um... – like there's two sides of every bet as whole. Like yeah, well, I mean, the other thing, yeah. too, is, you know, it's hard to place a bet on a team as bad as Arkansas has played this year. I mean, it really is. Like, but that's what be my point is that you watch the look at their schedule. I mean, you tell me when they actually looked good. Maybe Colorado State, where they like went by the fourth 19. quarter of Colorado State game. That's pretty when they it. When they put away Colorado State and made it look like a, a blowout when it really and truly wasn't a blowout. Yeah. I mean, they, they lost to San Jose State and they lost to Ole Miss by 14. I mean, they and they only beat Portland State by seven. I mean, they they just don't look good this year. They, I, you're you're right. It could it could be the same as last year. But it's it's always funny to if we you know have this recording now and then 
revisit this on Sunday after the game. It's kind of like last week, whenever we were we were breaking down Tennessee, Florida, the line was like 14 points, and we're like, you know, Tennessee's Tennessee's improved um, each week. They haven't they they didn't beat BYU, but they looked better than they did, did against Georgia State, and they beat Chattanooga 45 to nothing. I know it's Chattanooga, but still, they they showed a lot of improvement from last week and you know i think 13 or 14 points uh we'll take tennessee in that spread and you know tennessee doesn't even show up at all it's just it's funny how how it can come across the after the after the game's over it's like well what were you thinking that arkansas was going to cover this yeah i mean it, and it's just crazy um not to get too off topic but uh it's really the sec this year there's really no in between on the levels for the hierarchy you got the uh top three or four, and then you got a bottom three or four. Crazy how bad four teams are than how good four teams are right now in the SEC. And in the middle, it's just like extremely mediocre. But it's, it's the SEC this year is really top-heavy and bottom-heavy, which is not as bad yeah. as which, in the past. I still would argue that it's the best conference. The only thing that you you could say, like, there's other conferences that have more teams ranked. I think – I don't know if it was this week. I think it might have been last week that the Pac-12 technically had more teams ranked in the top 25 than the SEC, but it doesn't really count when your teams are, you know, top – like, barely fringe top 20 teams. Yeah, and you got – and also, we need to give credit to the Pac-12. I know we like to uh, flame on the Pac-12 a lot here, but uh, they've definitely uh, stepped up their game this year. I mean, they have some pretty decent teams over there out West that uh, the East Coast needs to pay attention to. I mean, they're not really national title contenders, but there's some solid teams out there. Yeah, the Pac-12 race is going to be really good this year. Um, should be really exciting because there's so many teams that are in it, and there's no dominant team to just kind of, like, run away with it. So, yeah, um, it, should, it should be a really interesting race out there, and should be a fun year for Pac-12 after dark. <laughs> There's there's five teams in the top twenty five from the Pac twelve, um, but again, the highest ranked one right now is Oregon at thirteen. Surprising that California is number fifteen. They play um, Arizona State this week, and it should be a good game. Um, but yeah, it'll I, like there's no real threat for any of these teams to get in the playoff. I don't think. I mean, one of some of them could go like eleven or twelve and one after the Pac twelve championship, but um, I don't know if it could really reach the playoff. But um, we will we, we can talk about that in a second, but I think the really shitty conference this year is the ACC. Yeah, I mean, outside of Clemson, it's been pretty terrible. I mean, Virginia's ranked right now, but they struggled with the Old Dominion a couple weeks ago. And, you know, Florida State has obviously been a train wreck. Miami's been really bad. Virginia they, Tech. Yeah, Virginia Tech has been terrible. Justin Fuente, <laughs> Brown yeah, likes to say. Um, you know, it just hasn't been a great year for the – ACC, I mean, I think their biggest win as a conference is probably, um, you know, uh, probably Pitt beating uh, Yeah, Pitt beating UCF. UCF. And then, of course, North Carolina's, you know, come back down to earth after their hot start. And at the time, North Carolina over South Carolina looked like a big win. And now it just looks like, you know, two mediocre, less than mediocre teams playing each other with uh, North Carolina, you know, top. And then also, I mean, uh, North Carolina, NC State's also in kind of in a down year as well, too. I mean, I know they're 3-1, and one, but they did lose a lot of guys from last year's team, and they haven't looked as good, but they're probably still going to win a lot of games because of how bad the ACC is. But, yeah, the ACC right now, outside of Clemson, like Clemson's got a cakewalk to an undefeated record and easy path to the playoff. Wake Forest is, like, I think undefeated right now, and they're surprising. Uh, I don't know if they're really a great team or even a good team, but they're – at least undefeated. 
um, it's it's kind of funny to hear coaches come up and like the rumor mill about who's going to take the next big job. Dave Clawson's names came up come up a little bit, and you look at his record; it's not like super impressive, but it's it's not bad. Um, but I guess that's kind of when you're you're reaching, you're a little bit desperate, more desperate for coaches when you miss out on your home run hires. The only game we haven't talked about, which I don't know if we'll talk more than thirty seconds about, is Florida versus Towson, and. This one is not going to be close. This one's at Florida. I don't really want to talk about this one too much because it's just it's an easy win for Florida. The only thing you want to see is um, Trask develop more, and maybe I I guess I would be excited to see Emory Jones get in the game in the fourth yeah. quarter if that's what's going to happen because uh, I want to see him how good he can be. I will be. say, though, Towson was a top-five team in FCS before they lost to Villanova last week. So, I mean, they're not a, not a slouch at the FCS level. Like we know, I mean, Florida is a uh, powerhouse in the SEC, the best conference in, you know, all of the FBS levels. So, I mean, and they're at home. So, they should definitely, you know, take care of business. But, you know, I've seen so many crazy things in college football the last couple of years, you know, with lower opponents uh, giving, you know, big opponents better games than they should. So, I mean, I'm not going to count out Towson to uh, put up a fight with Florida. But, I mean, Florida definitely has a talent edge, and they, they should definitely uh, win this going away. But, don't be surprised if uh, Towson keeps it close for a half. Holt, is Florida still a fake top 10 team? We, we, we've talked about that before, but they're, they're still winning. I mean, I want to say yes, but, I mean, I'm looking at the top 25, and I just, like, how many teams behind them are really that much better? Yeah. Yeah, and to, to um, take your point a little bit further about Towson, J.B., Towson is number 10 in FCS, so they're, they aren't a slouch at all. Yeah, definitely not. I mean, they were top five before they lost to Villanova in overtime last week, and Villanova's not a bad FCS team either. But but like I said, I mean, the talent discrepancy between Towson and Florida is, you know, really fast. I mean, Florida should be able to, uh, you know, really handle them. But, you know, Towson, this is their Super Bowl, so they're going to come in ready to play. Yeah, but not – I don't – it's definitely not going to be enough for me to really, like, pay much attention to the game it would be obviously if Towson kept it close through three quarters or something like that then I would definitely be that might be even be the best game to see an upset yeah, like that I don't I feel I, like I mean Towson can keep it close for half because I mean Florida I mean Mullins teams generally don't score a lot of points and bunches uh you know the beginning of games like they're just not that kind of explosive team the way they play and I mean I could see this game being something like you know maybe 17 to uh, seven at halftime or, you know, 17, 10, even like, I don't think it's like maybe at least one possession at halftime. I wouldn't be surprised if it's, you know, single digits at halftime. Are we all rooting for an upset though? Cause I, I feel like as a college football fan, no matter what your conference affiliation is, unless it's your team, you, you get excited about like big upsets like this. If, if they were close to happen. Sure. People like upsets, but I mean, I'm not really giving this a chance of an upset. I mean, it's a very minimal chance. I would give this probably less than five percent chance of an upset. I mean, it's I'm that's how confident I am in Florida, but I'm I'm still trying to give Towson some respect here. Yeah, I'll tell all the Towson alumni listening. Got to make sure they um, they uh, we take them seriously. All right, so that's all the SEC games, the out of conference games. Before we get to our pick'em section, which I'm excited about that because I made the games here. Which games are we going to talk about out of conference? I know there's there's the two I mentioned earlier with uh, Washington and USC and um, Virginia Notre Dame. Some of the other ones I like personally is uh, Penn State and Maryland on Friday night. Um, any ones you are looking and circling hold that are a little bit better than they first appear? 
You know, I don't really know um, off the top of my head. Um, I mean, Ohio, Ohio State-Nebraska just looks like not a good game at all. Uh, I mean, yeah. The game day game. Yeah, I mean, that's just – Oh, like is it really? Game day is yeah. Just like so, like, that's when you know this weekend's not that um, great. Well, usually they pick like a they pick a FCS or a Division two or something like that every every do. year. Or at least I'm one. surprised they haven't done it already because, like, they're gonna probably waste an FCS game later in the year when we'd actually do have some marquee games that they could do. But I mean, we haven't really had a uh, you know really great slate of games. Uh, you know, the, we've had two obvious game day games this year. The one with the, L, the LSU Texas game in Austin, and then last year, last week Georgia Notre Dame. But other than that, like we haven't really had any obvious games. I mean, I guess you'd say Oregon Auburn in week one, but that was a neutral site game. But we really haven't had a, you know, just that awesome game. Like I feel like this week would have been a good week to do. But also, uh, but next week you're not going to be able to do it because we're going to have some pretty good games next, at least in the top twenty-five. But the game I'm looking at that I really like is uh, kind of Washington State-Utah. Both teams are coming off uh, upset losses the previous week. And I want to see how both of those teams bounce back. And with that game being a 9 o'clock start, uh, West Coast time, which will be uh, 11 o'clock or 9 o'clock our central time, 10 o'clock Eastern, but then 9 o'clock. Um, uh, you know, I'm not even going to try to go with these time zones. You but uh, that, that game is going to be going on after midnight, and I'm, I'm really anxious to see how both of those teams uh, respond after upsetting losses the previous week. Yeah, and those are two clashing styles of play with Washington State's high-powered offense and Utah's physical Yeah, and you guys. got Kyle Winningham, defensive guru, defensive-minded guy versus Mike Leach, the king of the air raids. So, I mean, this, it's a very contrasting style to play. Yeah, I'm trying to think if there are any other ones. I think, like, yeah, Kansas just, State, Oklahoma State. Kind of interesting. Yeah. I mean, Oklahoma State coming off a loss. Kansas State's in the top 25 now, still undefeated. So, you know, this is kind of their first big conference test uh, to see how that new offense kind of plays uh, in the Big 12. I think that's kind of an interesting matchup as well. And China, you got to watch out for China running all over the field. <laughs> watch out for those trade tariffs. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm, I'm actually pretty high on Oklahoma State. I don't know if everybody else is. I don't yeah, I don't know where, what the sense is for Oklahoma State, but I just really like watching their offense play, personally. Yeah, they got a quarterback who can run a little bit this year, too. Yeah. Without further ado, I think we're going to just go ahead and move on to the pick em. Uh I have seven slash eight games. I'll pick the eighth game if it's not there's not enough separation. But um, I'm excited about these because I think these are more of a true pick em games as opposed to some of the ones uh, – Y'all have picked in the past to pick, if that makes sense. Um, JB, real quick, can you remind me what the record is or what the lead is between you and uh, I don't have the exact record, but I do know that I am currently five games over hold uh, through uh, four weeks of the season. So we're about, uh, let's see, considering that there's uh, 15 weeks or coming up on one-third of the way through the season at week five, but currently I hold a five games over hold, so – Right now I'm sitting pretty. I just don't I don't need to let up. I need to keep on putting on more steam and not uh, try to sit on the lead. That's right. That's right. Um, and Hulk, you remind us real quick what the loser has to do of this bet for this. Yes, season. Uh, the loser of this bet has to take um, their favorite um, school's um, apparel and make the winner wear it, and then uh, then the winner 
like take a picture and make it their Twitter profile for a month. Uh, I see what you did there. You know, it's it's actually the other way around. But I was thinking about this uh, earlier today. I think we could uh, we could make. I mean, you're not going to agree to this now because you're losing. But I think we should t- take it a step further and do it Facebook picture too. Yeah, you should have said that before the season started. Yeah, Alex. Take, I don't know where you're all your, I don't know where all your ideas were when we were doing. Think how much more embarrassing Facebook would be because you know you have all your your college friends on there, you have your your um, your family on there, especially for you, Holt, because you have a lot more uh, Mississippi State fans. And uh, JB didn't go to Tennessee, but it would be it would be fun. I think you should also like make a. We'll we'll do this for next year because all my great ideas are coming now. But you should make a status about like how like go balls or something stupid like that, or like I hate Mississippi State. Uh, Go, go yeah, yeah something. like you know, like how we used to do all this little prank statuses on Facebook. You know that that'll be for next year. You know, we'll probably we'll probably even come up with even a better idea than what you even said. You know, just by the by the start of next season anyway. Like we'll we'll be generating all kinds of ideas. One of y'all didn't even eat like the the fried bucket of chicken or Waffle House that you were supposed to last year. Yeah, Jimmy was supposed to eat Waffle House. He never did it. Actually, uh, thank. Well, actually, yeah. Uh, no, I didn't. But I did eat Waffle House. <laughs> 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 I kind of was backtracked on myself right there. My bad. Well, um, oh, I, if you do lose this bet, I don't think you should you should proceed until JB gets Waffle House. I think that's fair. Yeah. All right. Without further ado, let's make these picks. And I'm just going to go ahead and start it off here with Washington and USC Hulks. Oh, I got to go with Washington in this one. Uh, they're at home. I don't. I don't really like USC. Um, at all. Um, I'm kind of surprised they've won the last couple weeks, but um, or two of the last three weeks, whatever it's been. I didn't think they were going to be Stanford. I didn't think they were going to be Utah, but then they get brought back down to earth. I think Jacob Eason is uh, really establishing himself as a legitimate quarterback and a future NFL player. This game is at USC, though. I guess that doesn't change your, your mind at all. Hold. Are you sure? No, I'm not sure. I'm I'm trying to search to make sure. I'm sure before I. Uh, Holt was correct. Alex, he was. Uh, see, Alex, That's why I you have appreciate your... you like trying to like call me out when you don't even have the facts straight. <laughs> I, I usually do have a facts straight, facts straight, but uh, I just yeah, I, I wanted wanted you to make I wanted to make you feel good for once. Um, JB, JB, who you got in this game? Uh this is pretty. Then you got to go with the Washington Huskies. You got to make him pick the games first. This is bullshit. No, it's not. Oh, oh, okay. All right, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. All right. So, um, Mississippi State at Auburn. JB. Uh, War Eagle. Got to go with Auburn here. Oh, don't be a pussy. Uh, I would love for Mississippi State to win this game. Um, honestly, probably hate Auburn more than like any other team. Um. As far as just like me being a Mississippi State fan, like my freshman year at State was the Cam Newton thing. Um, so that was like very early on in my Mississippi State studenthood. Uh, so, uh, yeah, they, they taught us words like that. And, uh, <laughs> but I got to go with uh, Auburn in this one. Uh, as much as I hate to say it, it is on the road. And um, I just think uh, Auburn is a little bit more of a complete team this year. Kentucky at South Carolina, JB. I got to go with Kentucky here. I think uh, South Carolina's season is going into a tailspin. I don't think Kentucky is as bad as, you know, as their 2-2 two and two record indicates. I mean, I think they could easily be 4-0 and o right now. 
But instead, they're two and two. I think they're the better team than South Carolina, and I think they extend their streak over the Gamecocks and uh, got Kentucky prevailing. Go Cox, Holt. Yeah, I'm actually going to go with South Carolina in this one. Uh, there you go. I just, I don't know what it is. Um, I just, I have a gut feeling South Carolina is going to win this game. Um, you know, Kentucky did not look great last week. Um, I wonder if the second half of that Florida game really has them uh, questioning their confidence. Um, you know, I, they ran the ball well last week, but they didn't run the ball enough. And I just wonder, like, you know, what's going on with the offense this week and will they be able to get back to the running game. And it's out South Carolina, and they're coming off an embarrassing loss as well. So I'm going to go with South Carolina in this one. Man, I don't like to break trends. That's the only thing about this game is um... – Kentucky's kind of owned this series of recent, and I just don't like to um, break that trend. So that's why I would blindly take uh, Kentucky over South Carolina. But my opinion doesn't matter as much as y'all's. Virginia at Notre Dame. Holt. Man, this is a tough one. I would really like to see uh, Virginia win this game, but I'm going to have to go with Notre Dame. I just feel like Notre Dame always has a way of winning these types of games. Um, You know, I think that uh, I would kind of – Maybe like Virginia to cover this game at 12 and a half, but I got to go with uh, Notre Dame to get that right win. JB? I'd like Virginia to win because that would pretty much eliminate Notre Dame from the playoff consideration because looking at Notre Dame's schedule, they don't really have a lot of great games and great possible wins left on their schedule. So their backs are against the wall. Notre Dame can lose another one. And they're also at home. So it seems pretty easy. You have to go with Notre Dame here. Do we hate Notre Dame more than Ohio State? No, I just, I'm yeah. just, I just don't think Notre Dame. You know, their schedule is just not the most difficult, and I don't know. Just there's just so, such an infatuation with Notre Dame. You know, with the media, they want Notre Dame to be good. And don't get me wrong, they prove themselves to be pretty worthy against Georgia. But I just, you know, the, last year how they just barely made it through their schedule left a sour taste in my mouth. You know, and then got to the playoff and you know wet the bed against Clemson. I just don't want to see them make the playoff again this year. Minnesota at Purdue, JB. Got to go with uh, Purdue here. I think they're going to bounce back. Holt? Row the boat. I'm going with uh, Minnesota in this one. Um, I don't really know why. Um, Maybe just because I want to be different than JB. But Minnesota is favored to win this game on the road. Um, So I feel like I at least have Vegas on my side. And um, I'm just going to go with Minnesota. I don't really know anything about Minnesota this year other than P.J. Fleck is their coach. Yeah, they almost lost to Georgia Southern uh, last week or two weeks ago. They they won the game. That's all that matters. You're all right. Do we we think P.J. Fleck is overrated or do we not like him as a coach? I feel like he's properly rated. Okay. Gotcha. Uh, Arizona State at Cal. JB. Got to go with Cal here. I mean, Cal is – I, I like Cal to win this one. I think I think Holt likes Cal too, so I think that's his pick. But go ahead, Holt. Why do you guys think I like Cal so much? You said it earlier this year that you liked him. Whenever we talked about like this is not a great Cal team against Ole Miss. Yeah, no, I I know I know exactly why you said that. Um, oh, sarcasm. I got yeah, you. I I did before the season state that Cal was a lot better than you guys were giving him credit for. Um, I think. It isn't even so much that I thought they were going to be this good. It's just that, like, I just uh, – I didn't look at them as, like, some, like, super trash, like, 
one of the worst power five teams down there with like Rutgers and Kansas and Oregon state, like you guys did. Um, I just said, I thought that they were good. They had a chance to be really good on defense and they have been really good on defense. And, um, you know, I like Herm Edwards a lot, but it's just Cal. I, I just feel like is a little bit better this year and they're at home. So also really like uh, Cal's coach, uh, Wilcox. So I'm going to go with Cal on this one. <clears throat> Not, I'm, I'm a little disappointed there's not as much separation. I'm going to have to add a couple games here. Penn State at Maryland. JB. Oh, that's a tough one. It's, that's it's, point. it's about which Maryland team is going to show up. It's, if it's, is it the one from the first two games or is it the one from their third game? I am going to have to go. I'm gonna, I feel like Penn State's a safe pick, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with uh, uh, Penn State in this one. JB, JB's taking the leaders pick, leaders approach. Another risky. Go yeah, ahead. this is a really big rivalry game. Um, maybe one of the more not talked about rivalries in college football. Uh, but I'm going to have to go with Penn State as well. I just feel like they're way more talented. I, I think Maryland has shown a lot this year uh, in those first couple games. But, um, you know, got brought back down to earth a little bit against Temple. Um, and I just don't think this is their year. Uh, I think it's going to be another year or two before Loxley gets his guys in there. So I'm going to go with Penn State in this one. I think this is going to be the last one. Maybe one more after this. Duke at Virginia Tech. JB. Got to go Virginia Tech here. Okay. Holt? Um, yeah, I'm going to have to go with Duke. Um, I don't, I don't really go. like um, what I've seen out of Virginia Tech this season so far. And David Cutcliffe is just a mastermind. Um, he does He does more with less than maybe any other coach in the country. And, you know, they played Alabama pretty well for the first quarter. So, you know, I just – I wonder if there's, like, some culture problems at Virginia Tech. Um, I'm not sure what else is going on there. I feel like Virginia Tech is maybe a little bit safer pitch just because they're at home. But, uh, you know, I'm just going to – I'm just going to say it. I'm just going to – I'm going to go Duke in this one. They don't, I don't think they like Puente yet as a coach. They, the players don't. I think that's the problem. I don't know for sure because I'm not there, but that's that's the uh, – the – Info I've heard on the Twitter sphere and the uh, national media, but what do I know? So we have, I think that's eight games picked. We have three separation games between y'all with South Carolina, Kentucky, Minnesota, Purdue, and Duke, Virginia Tech. Go so ahead. I put these down. So uh, the difference game, sorry, uh, go ahead and name these games again, Alex. Kentucky, South Carolina, Purdue, Minnesota, Duke, Virginia Tech. Kentucky, South Carolina. Duke, or Duke and uh, Virginia. Virginia Tech, and then Purdue, Minnesota. And then Purdue, Minnesota. Okay. Happy picking, boys. So thank you, everyone, for listening so so far, so much to us on, and on this. And be sure to follow us on the Twitters at SEC Slow Smoked. And look forward to college ball this weekend and doing a recap show on Sunday. See you later. Thanks for tuning in to another outstanding episode of the SEC Slow Smoke Podcast. Be sure to rate us and subscribe on iTunes or your podcast app of choice. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at SEC Slow Smoked. Spread the good word on this podcast like the chili and cheese on your fries. 
If you like this podcast, tell a friend, because there's plenty to go around. Oh, yeah.